Men Bienvenue and welcome to The Musical Man, the podcast that shines new light on the Tony Award for Best Musical. Each week we examine the nominees and winners of that esteemed decoration, and this week we'll be discussing Side by Side by Sondheim. You could drive a person crazy, you could drive a person mad, first you make a person hazy, so a person could be had, then you leave a person dangling, sadly. But first, as always, how are you doing? I hope this episode of The Musical Man finds you well. If you are not doing well, I assure you that you will get better in time. That is the very general yet very important advice that I have for you. I hope it is some sort of comfort. It came at you real quick. (laughs) <laughs> Isn't it nice when a bit of comforting advice comes at you like a rocket? Ah! <laughs> I want to begin this episode with a major correction. Okay, I casually referred to our most recent subject, Leap of Faith, as a musical that sidelines black characters while centering a white character. But, as Chris pointed out, the lead character of Leap of Faith is played by Raul Esparza, and Raul Esparza is not white. His parents are Cuban. He is Cuban. I am a fool. I still believe the show is cash in on aspects of black culture while minimizing black voices, sidelining them, that part still stands. So yes, I am obviously sorry for making such a ludicrous statement about Mr. Esparza, but I am also sorry for including so much audio from the song Are You On The Bus? I apologize to you, the listener, for that. That went on way too long. Maybe you feel the same way. I totally forgot how that song, uh, it just descends into chaos is what it does, with everyone competing to see how loud they can be at the expense of basic coherence. The Sturdivant family subplot is semi-compelling on its face, but man alive, those characters deserved better material full stop. It is now time for some show facts. Ah, you know you love them. Show me the show facts. All right, well, before we dive into the, the nuts and the bolts, I want to provide some historical context, all right? The story of this week's subject begins in Wavenden, a village located in Buckinghamshire, England. Oh, hello, my dearies. Married couple Cleo Lane and John Dankworth. Dank. John Dankworth. They owned a theater in Wavenden known as The Stables, and they were hoping to stage a benefit for the company. We want to put on a show by gum. Hello. Let's find someone who can put on a show by gum. Hello. I'm also, I'm still laughing at the dank. I'm so funny. Ned Sharon was brought in to curate a Sondheim review for the stable's benefit. And when hotshot producer, hotshot Cameron McIntosh caught wind of the successful results, he bankrolled a transition to London's Mermaid Theatre. This was in 1976. The review then moved to the Wyndham's Theatre and the Garrick Theatre before tapping out at 806 performances. How did Side by Side by Sondheim 
time, make it to Broadway. We have Hal Prince to thank for that. Hal negotiated with Actors' Equity to ensure the London cast would perform the show in New York City. And the rest, as they say, is history. Now, on with the nuts and the bolts. The Broadway show facts. Show me the show facts. All right. Side by Side by Sondheim was a 1977 nominee for the Tony Award for Best Musical. It opened on April 18th, 1977 at the Music Box Theater before moving to the Morosco Theater in February 1978. The production ran for a total of 384 performances. The book, well, this is an interesting credit. We have Continuity by Ned Sharon. This is a fancy way of citing the show's narration, which I do believe was written by Ned Sharon. Music and lyrics, of course, written by Stephen Sondheim. Additional music, Leonard Bernstein, Mary Rogers, Richard Rogers, and Julie Stein. Director, Ned Sharon. Hello again, Ned. Musical director, Ray Cook. Orchestrations, strangely enough, N.A. I was not able to confirm an orchestrations credit. I believe this is a two-piano scenario, so maybe they did not feel the need to cite anyone in that regard. We do have Stuart Pedler and Tim Higgs on the pianos, on the cast album. They are the pianists. I felt it was important to cite them. The choreographer, well, we have a musical staging by credit. You know how I love those. And that goes to Bob Howe. Scenic design, Peter Doherty. Lining design, Ken Billington. Sound design, Jack Mann. Costume design, Florence Klotz. And the original Broadway cast from beginning to end is as follows. David Kernan, Millicent Martin, Julie N. McKenzie, and Ned Sharon. We also have as an alternate for Ned Sharon, Fernanda Moshowitz. Tony Nods. The production was nominated for the following Tony Awards. Best Musical, of course, but also Best Featured Actor in a Musical, David Kiernan. Best Featured Actor in a Musical, Ned Sharon. Best Featured Actress in a Musical, Millicent Martin. And Best Featured Actress in a Musical, Julie N. McKenzie. Side by Side by Sondheim is one of the few Broadway productions to receive acting nominations for every member of its cast. Congratulations, everyone. So, in total, we have five nominations at the Tony Awards, zero awards at the end of the evening, unfortunately. As previously mentioned, Side by Side by Sondheim is a review, and so it does not feature the traditional narrative of a book musical. Director Ned Sharon frequently appeared on stage to offer the aforementioned context, the narration regarding Sondheim's career, how he came to work with his collaborators, the origins of a particular number, that sort of thing. But the songs are not presented chronologically in the order that they were written. Instead, they are roughly organized by theme, which allows those who are familiar with Sondheim's work to appreciate how these shows and their characters complement or clash with one another. For your reference, here are the represented works listed in chronological order. We begin with West Side Story from 1957, music by Leonard Bernstein, of course. If you had to choose one song to represent West Side Story, what would you choose? If you had to put one West Side Story song into a Sondheim Review, what would you choose to represent that show? I, I I stress the question because the answer that they provided to me was a little I, I was confused. The side-by-side team chose to feature a boy like that. Not the choice I would have made. I would have selected somewhere. Ah, is that crazy? I don't think that's a hot take. I would have chosen somewhere. We follow that up with Gypsy from 1959, music by Julie Stein, of course. I would have chosen You'll Never Get away from me if <laughs> if it came down to, uh, Jonathan, you only have one song. You could only choose one song from Gypsy. I would have chosen that. But they went with If Mama Was Married. Uh, oh boy, no. Who can explain these decisions? Who 
Who, I ask you? We follow that up with a funny thing happened on the way to the forum from 1962 and anyone can whistle from 1964. Then we have Do I Hear a Waltz from 1965, music by Richard Rogers. The Mad Show from 1966, which was an off-Broadway review inspired by, you have that right, Mad Magazine. It's a Mad Magazine musical. My goodness. We then have, oh, we have a song from Evening Primrose. Evening Primrose is episode 9 of the ABC series Stage 67, season 1 of Stage 67, I should say, and that episode originally aired on November 16th, 1966. We follow that with Company from 1970, Follies from 1971, A Little Night Music from 1973, my God, he was cranking him out, wasn't he? And Pacific Overtures from 1976. Finally, in this chronological timeline of ours, we have The 7% Solution from 1976. This is a Herbert Ross film starring Nicole Williamson as Sherlock Holmes, Robert Duvall as Watson, Alan Arkin as Sigmund Freud, yep, yeah, heard that right, Vanessa Redgrave as Lola Devereaux, and Laurence Olivier as Professor Moriarty. Sounds pretty good, right? Well, I've seen the film, and I hate to tell you this, but it's actually pretty boring, I gotta say. But that's it. That's the complete and chronological list of represented works in this review, side by side by Sondheim. You're not getting any Sunday in the Park with George. You're not getting any Into the Woods or Sweeney Todd? No! Those shows didn't exist yet. They were but a glint in Stephen's eye, I do tell you. Now, for the purposes of this week's episode, I listened to the 1976 original London cast album. There is no Broadway recording because, as a reminder, the London cast remained intact for the sake of the Broadway production. So, there really was no need, I suppose, to record a Broadway cast album. Same cast, no need. I followed that with the 1977 Tony Awards performance of I'm Still Here by Millicent Martin. And I gotta tell you this, if you are an up-and-coming actor, if you're an actor in general, maybe you've been around the block a few times, do me a favor, watch this performance. It's amazing because it demonstrates how stillness and carefully considered gestures are a powerful thing. You do not need a lot of busy work when it comes to your body language. Watch her, okay? The decisions, the small, carefully chosen decisions, they go a long way is what they do. It is now time to discuss the score of Side by Side by Sondheim. Side by Side pulls a lot of material from shows we have previously or will eventually discuss here on the main feed. With that in mind, I chose to focus on the material we would not be expected to cover. The off-Broadway material, the motion picture material, the not nominated for best musical material. Of course, the caliber of certain performances cannot be ignored, and so those wound up on the docket as well. Hey, my rules are flexible. Patty, Benny, I have not said hello to you. Patty, Benny, it is so good to see you, as always. If you don't mind, I would like to begin this deconstruction with a clip from I Remember, which, as a reminder, is from Evening Primrose. Let's do it. was blue as ink, or at least I think I remember sky, I remember snow, soft as feathers, sharp as thumbtacks, coming down. 
and it made you squint when the wind would blow and ice like vinyl on the streets cold as silver white as sheets rain like strings and changing things like leaves I remember leaves green as spearmint crisp as paper I remember trees bare as coat racks spread like broken and zoos, ruddy faces, muddy shoes, light and noise and bees and boys, and days. I remember days, or at least I tried. But as years go by, they're a sort of haze, and the bluest ink isn't really sky, and at times I gladly die for a day of Primer on Evening Primrose for your pleasure. It's the only musical Sondheim ever wrote for television, and the John Collier short story on which it is based was published in 1951 as part of the John Collier short story collection, Fancies and Good Nights. What a gay title, I love it. Fancies and Good Nights. The plot is demented and fantastic. A poet named Charles decides to turn his back on the world and live in a department store, but several people already live in the store including the lovely Ella and a chilly matriarch by the name of Mrs. Monday. Ella is 19. She was separated from her mother at the age of six during a shopping trip and has remained in the store ever since, under the thumb of Mrs. Monday. And though she has not seen the sky in over a decade, she still remembers it. Cue the song we just heard, I Remember. Ella wants to leave the store, but is afraid of the dark men. Malevolent figures who snatch those who try to escape before turning them into mannequins. That's your punishment if you try to leave. You become a mannequin. Charles becomes determined to whisk Ella away, but when Mrs. Monday learns of their getaway plan, she calls upon the dark men without hesitation. Yeah, get him! 
No one is allowed to leave, for they might expose those who remain behind. This department store scheme is too big to fail. After a frenzied and desperate chase, we cut to the next morning. A young couple stands outside the department store, admiring the latest window display. The mannequins, made up to resemble a bride and groom, look exactly like Charles and Ella. Dun, dun, dun! It sounds like I'm being cheeky, but it's a truly disturbing ending. It's so sad. David Kernan is the MVP of Side by Side by Sondheim. I'm getting tired of saying that title. And his delivery of, I remember, had me frozen in place from start to finish. I was transfixed. After cringing in the face of Raul Esparza's yapping, his yapping, it was refreshing to hear someone who is in total control of their instrument, a performer who molds each note and phrase as if they were at a potter's wheel. I feel as if I am sitting next to Kiernan at the bottom of a well or in the deep recesses of a cave, and the only thing that's keeping us awake and alive is the beautiful ache pouring out of him and into the world. I think about the baron who came at my command and proffered me a riding crop and chains. The evening that we shared was meticulously planned. He took the most extraordinary pains. He trembled with excitement his cheeks were quite aglow, and afterwards he cried to me, Encore! He pleaded with me so to have another go. I murmured caressingly, whatever for. Once, yes, once is a lot. Twice, though, loses the spark. Once, yes, once is delicious, but twice would be vicious or just repetitious. Someone's bound to be scarred. Yes, I know that it's hard. Still, no matter the price, I never do anything twice. you just heard was a bit of I Never Do Anything Twice from the 7% Solution. Here in this context, Side by Side by Sondheim, oh, that title, it is performed by Millicent Martin. As cited in the 7% Solution, I Never Do Anything Twice is formally known as The Madam's Song. Not a great title. Will the Madam be singing her song tonight? Not especially evocative. The number is presented diegetically in the film. It's an old-fashioned cabaret act is what it is. But the vibe that semi sleepy, semi-horny vibe is highly reminiscent of other non-diegetic Sondheim numbers. Liaisons from a Little Night Music is the one that leaps to mind. Stephen enjoyed semi-sleepy, semi-horny characters, probably because he was a horny, sleepy-time tea kind of a guy. Uh, that's just my theory. I imagine him squinting in the face of all of the, all of the beautiful men who came into his life. I imagine him squinting at those cocks. <laughs> 
is what I imagine him doing. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, we miss you, Stephen. You know what isn't a semi-sleepy hornball number from A Little Night Music? The Miller's son. Petra never sleeps. Petra is horny on Main 24-7-365. Petra is percolating is what she's doing. But we will talk more about Petra in the future. Patty, Benny, let's whistle, baby. It's time to whistle. Anyone can whistle, that's what they say, easy. Anyone can whistle, any old day, easy. It's all so simple. Relax, let go, let fly. So someone tell me. Why can't I? I can dance a tango. I can read Greek easy. I can slay a dragon any old week easy. What's hard is simple. What's natural? Maybe you could show me how to let go and lower my God. Learn to be free. Maybe if you whistle, whistle for me. Whistle at a dragon, down it will fall easy. Whistle at a hero, trumpets and all easy. What's hard is simple. What's natural comes hard. Maybe you could show me how to let go, lower my God, learn to be free. Maybe if you whistle, whistle for me. rendition of the song Anyone Can Whistle is performed by David Kiernan. You know how I love David at this point. We do not have time to explore the rocky, ooh, rocky mountain high production history of Anyone Can Whistle, the Broadway musical. It ran for nine performances and eventually attained cult status. What more is there to say? Let us instead focus on Anyone Can Whistle, the song. My theory regarding this song is that Anyone Can Whistle is about a neurodivergent person. 
Whereas some have an easy time reading social cues and falling into a love affair, this individual finds more comfort in procedure, the tangibles of life. Step one, step two, I can repair an engine, I can absorb facts like a sponge, but romance for me is ephemeral. It's not easy for me. So I'm asking, could you help me when it comes to love? I want to love you. Show me how. How do I love you in the best way possible? I really like how this is a song about someone asking for help. Most love songs from the musical theater canon come from a position of resolute and unwavering confidence. I love you, goddammit. But Sondheim made room for the gingerly perspective, the ginger shy perspective, and we have to give it up to him for that. Give it up to him. Oh, you better be giving it up to him is what you better be doing right now. Honey Bunch Sad to say But I have a hunch Screen romances Went out to lunch That's no reason to pout Don't look bleak Happy endings Can spring a leak Ever after Can mean one week We're just having a drought Smile and sweat it out If we can just hang on We'll have compatibility. You mustn't worry, we're gonna be all right. One day the ache is gone, there's nothing like senility. So watch your hurry, we're gonna be all right. Meanwhile, relax, you take a lover, I'll take a lover. When that's played out, they get the axe. We can retire, sit by the fire, fade out. We'll build our house upon the rock of my virility. We'd better scurry, we're gonna be all night. Oh boy, we're gonna be all right. I was told, just be faithful and never scold. Sounded easy, so I was sold. I've been miserable since I was taught When the prince and the dragon fought That the dragon was always caught Now I don't even wince When it eats the prince I know a perfect pair Their lives are at the pinnacle But how do we know They're gonna be all right Bride is slightly square, the groom is slightly cynical. A little Vino, they're gonna be all right. She aims to please, she has a baby, then though they may be having fine times when there's a crease, she has another, now she's a mother. Nine times it all went wrong, but where? Details are slightly clinical. She's out in Reno, the kids adored the flight. child, bury everything, learn to smile. Happy couples can stay in style just by practicing charm. All is well, at least as far as their friends can tell. Please ignore the peculiar smell. There's no cause for alarm. Mildew will do harm. She once was quite well read. 
he once was intellectual. No, no one's suspicious. suspicious. They're gonna be all right. She's nice and sweet and dead. He's tall and ineffectual. They, they look delicious. They're, they're gonna, gonna be all right. Who's on the skids? She goes to night school. If it's the right school, he'll permit her. They love their kids. They love their friends, too. Lately, he tends to hit her. Sometimes she drinks in bed. Sometimes he's homosexual. But oh, why be vicious? They keep it out of sight. Good show. Of Do I Hear a Waltz, which is the origin for We're Gonna Be Alright, the origin point for the song you just heard. The plot of that musical is suspiciously similar, hmm, suspicious, similar to that of former subject Milk and Honey, which premiered on Broadway four years before the Rogers Sondheim joint. I'm making a case. Stop me if you've heard this one. An American woman travels to a perfectly lovely scenic destination. In the case of Do I Hear a Waltz, that destination is Venice. She meets a dashing local. There is a spark, but what's this? The dashing local is married? Never fear, American lady. Divorce may be forbidden in Italy, but for all intents and purposes, the dashing local is uncoupled. I don't live with my wife. She lives in another country. We never see each other. I don't love my wife. I don't love my wife. There's also a lot of talk, according to the Wikipedia page at least, a lot of talk about goblets. Oh, the goblets. You said this goblet was an antique. Did you lie to me? Will you break my heart like you broke this goblet? I... I'm making shit up at this point. It sounds a wee bit dull, if you don't mind my saying. In its original context, We're Gonna Be Alright is sung by a fractious married couple, fractious, who befriend our American lady. The number has a delightfully poisonous bite for 1965, and it rests quite comfortably alongside ditties like The Little Things You Do Together, You Must Meet My Wife, and Could I Leave You, those last two songs, are featured in this uh, review. Uh, review. But Rogers was an ill-fitting match for Sondheim, it's true. A fact that asserted itself time and again. After praising Sondheim's work on this song, Rogers invited him to lunch the next day. He then proceeded to berate our boy for the entirety of the meal. He struck Sondheim's arm again and again with the rolled-up lyrics, whack, whack, proclaiming, this will not do, this will not do, whack, whack. Sondheim theorized that Rogers' wife, Dorothy, had a keen dislike for the overt sexuality of the lyrics from We're Gonna Be Alright, and so the song was heavily revised. What we hear on the side-by-side recording is, I believe, the song as it was meant to be heard. Richard may not have been a great partner for Sondheim, but that didn't stop Stephen from working with Richard's daughter, Mary Rogers. They wrote the tune that's currently on deck, so let's hear a little from The Boy From... Tall and tender like an Apollo, he goes walking by And I have to follow him, the boy from Takaremala Tumadelfuego Santa Malika Sakatekos Loonto del Soli Cruz When 
we meet I feel I'm on fire and I'm breathless Every time I inquire how are things in Takarembala, Tumba, Delfa, Wago, Santa, Malika, Saka, take us slow on to Del Soli Groove Why is he acting so clannish? Why? When I speak, does he vanish? I wish I understood Spanish. When I tell him I think he's the end, he giggles a lot with his friend. Tall and slender moves like a dancer, but I never seem to get any answer from the boy from Malatumba tumba delfa wago santa malika sakateko slo onto del soli groove. I got the blues. Why are his trousers vermilion? His trousers are vermilion. Why does he claim he's Castilian? He says he's Castilian. Why? Do his friends call him Lillian? And I hear at the end of the week He's leaving to start a boutique So I smile, I'm only pretending Cause I know today's the last I'll be spending with the boy from Takarambala, Tumba, Delfa, Waco, Santa, Malika, Sakateko, Slo, Onto, Del Soli, Cruz Tomorrow he sails, he's moving to Wales To live in Chlanfa, Bukwim, Gich, Gogar, Chwendro, Buch, Glantasilio, Gogogog As a reminder, The Boy From is from The Mad Show. We have music by Mary Rogers, of course, and lyrics by... St- uh, I'm sorry, not Stephen Sondheim. Hold on a minute. Hold on, baby. What is this name I see here? Lyrics by Esteban Rio Nido. Oh, okay. A.K.A. Stephen Sondheim. What a weird... Problematic pseudonym for you to give yourself, Stephen. How very strange. And in this context, the audio you just heard, that song was performed by Millicent Martin. There's something strange about this boy that she's singing about, right? He's always giggling with his friend. He moves like a dancer. His trousers are vermilion. He's starting a boutique. He's moving to Wales. Call me crazy, but I think this guy sucks dick. I think he fucks butt, is what I think he does. Linda Lavin, an original cast member of The Mad Show, revisited The Boy From for the purposes of Sondheim's 90th birthday celebration, which we talked all about on our Patreon feed. It's true. Can we get a little bit of that Linda Lavin performance from that celebration? When we meet, I feel I'm on fire and I'm breathless. Every time I inquire, how are things in Takarembala, la tumba del fuego, Santa Malipa, Zacatecas, la junta del solicruz. Why, when I speak, does he vanish? Why, is he acting so clad? 
I do thank you. The song is trafficking in featherweight stereotypes. It's true. There's no getting around that. But Lavin is a sweetheart who makes the number feel almost harmless. It's Linda Lavin for crying out loud. She's Nana. You cannot dismiss Nana. No, no, no. Who are the other cast members from The Mad Show? Ooh, is that a question you have? I'm glad you asked. We have Joanne Worley from Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In, as well as Beauty and the Beast, the animated film. She played the armoire in that film. We have Paul Sant, who I know from Can't Stop the Music, one of my favorite bad films. He was also featured in an episode of The Mary Tyler Moore Show, as I believe I mentioned this, Chris and I watched that series from start to finish, and Paul Sand is in an episode. We also watched all of Rhoda, which is not an especially great sitcom, and Paul Sand is not in that show. We have Richard Libertini. He played... Okay, here is here is how I know Richard Libertini. He has a lot of credits, but I know him as Dijon. From the film DuckTales the Movie, Treasure of the Lost Lamp, he plays Dijon, another strangely problematic character. And finally, oh, we have McIntyre Dixon, who went on to be a replacement in the role of Maurice for Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. We have more than a few Beauty and the Beast alumni, and we have, I believe, two of these four people were also in the Robert Altman film Popeye. I can't remember which of the four were in the film, but there you go. That's that's just some extra info for you. Leave you, leave you, how could I leave you? How could I go it alone? Could I wave the years away with a quick goodbye? How do you wipe tears away when your eyes are dry? Sweetheart, lover, could I recover? Give up the joys I have known? Not to fetch your pills again every day at five. Not to give those dinners for ten elderly men from the UN. How could I survive? Could I leave you? And your shelves of the world's best books And the evenings of martyred looks Cryptic sighs, sullen glares from those injured eyes Leave the quips with a sting, jokes with a sneer Passionless love-making once a year Leave the lies ill-concealed And the wounds never healed And the game's not worth winning And wait, I'm just beginning what? Leave you, leave you, how could I leave you? What would I do on my own? Putting thoughts of you aside in the south of France, would I think of suicide? Darling, shall we dance? Could I live through the pain on a terrace in Spain? Would it pass? It would pass. Could I bury my rage with a boy half your age in the grass? <laughs> That's your ass. But I've done that already. Or didn't you know, love? Tell me how could I leave when I left long ago? Love, could I leave you? No, the point is, could you leave me? Well, I guess you could leave me the house, leave me the flat, leave me the brocks and chagals and all that. You could leave me the stocks for sentiment's sake, and 90% of the money you make, and the rugs, and the cooks, 
darling, you keep the drugs, Angel. You keep the books, honey. I'll take the grand sugar. You keep the spinach. And all of our friends and just wait a goddamn minute. Leave you, leave you. How could I leave you? Sweetheart, I have to confess. Could I leave you? Yes. Will I leave you? Will I leave you? Yes. I have been reading a book. I never read books, but I'm reading a book right now. It's Harvey Firestein's memoir. I was better last night. And so I was more than primed for David Kiernan's furious rendition of Could I Leave You from Follies. You do not mess with a gay man's heart. He will come at you with a polo mallet. Ya better duck, quack, quack. Ya better duck, quack, quack. David, I love you. You're fantastic. On this recording, I have nothing but praise for you. I I would also like to make this fun comparison. You could leave me the stocks for sentiment's sake and 90% of the money you make and the rugs and the cooks. Darling, you keep the drugs, Angel. You keep the books. It's the last midnight. Ah, I have a feeling I already made this comparison during our Into the Woods episode. I hope I have not already made this comparison, but I, I also think I could have done better with the singing. You could leave me the stocks for sentiment's sake and 90% of the money you make and the rugs and the cooks. Darling, you keep the drugs, Angel. You keep the books. It's the last midnight. How indulgent for me to do it a second time. I'm such a jerk. Finally, what you just heard is the final track on the album, Side by Side by Side. I gotta say, ay ay ay, what a graceful, elegant exit. I deeply admire how every member of the ensemble, including director-narrator Ned Sharon, is allowed to carry the song for a moment before passing it on. They sound so close with one another. It's as if we're in the room with them. Ah, it's like we're gathered around the fire. That's all I have to say regarding the score for Side by Side. By Sondheim, it is now time to hear from our fine, fine sponsor, 5678 Coffee. Take it away, 5678.
I have a really good story that I would like to tell right here and right now. So this is when I was getting to know Stevie right at the beginning of our relationship. We had had a few conversations, and we we had taken a few meetings, but uh, this was the first time I had ever attended a Stevie Sondheim party, and I was so excited. I I got myself all dolled up, and I went on over to Steven's, his flat, if I may say. Can I say it's a flat? We'll just describe it as a flat. And I was having so much fun. I I was carousing as what I was doing. I was carousing. And I, I decided that, you know what? Uh, Patty has to go to the little girl's room. I'm gonna, uh, Stevie! And I said, Stevie, where's the little girl's room? And he squinted at me in that way that he does. Well, the way that he did, I, oh goodness, I can't believe we've lost him. And he squinted at me and he said, if you need to take a shit, it's just upstairs. And I said, Stevie! I don't need to take a shit, okay? I just need to go pee-pee. And he said, hey, it's the same. It all, it takes everything. It takes all comers. And so I went up to the bathroom and I, I did my little pee-pee and I I was washing my hands, and I, you know, it was the strangest thing. I heard, I heard a muffle. I heard a bit of a sound, and it was coming from behind me, and I started getting freaked out. I thought, what in the world is going on? Am I hearing the pipes in this flat? And I went up to the shower curtain, and excuse me, excuse me, yes, you, uh-huh, I'm looking at you, uh, that's right, yeah, I, I, I know. I'll finish this story in a second, honey. You need to put on your mask. You need to put on your mask. Are you eating? Are you drinking? I'm drinking five, six, seven, eight coffee. You're what? Say it again. Say it for everyone. Say it for the whole room. You stopped at the show. You stopped at the show. I, Say it again. I'm drinking five, six, seven, eight coffee. I don't know what the oh, problem is. Oh, you're drinking five, six, seven, eight coffee. Fabulous. Are you drinking it right now? Are you drinking it right now in this moment? No, I'm not drinking it right now, Patty. Well, then do me a favor and put on the fucking mask. No, put it over your you, face. You Those are the rules like of the that. house. Put the mask on like your fucking your face. I pay your salary. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. The estate of Dudley Moore, he, he fucking pays my salary. His estate uh-huh, yeah, pays uh-huh, my salary. Yeah, uh-huh. Who's Dudley Moore? Huh? Who's Dudley Moore, witch? Go no fuck one yourself. knows who go you're talking yourself, about. You go fuck yourself. Put on the mask before right, I fine, fucking fine, kill you fine, myself. Fine. Oh my god. Uh, oh my god. Uh, oh my god. Uh, that's better. That's better. Now I don't have to see you. Now I don't have to see your face. Okay. Oh, no, 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 no need to applaud. No need to applaud. It's the rules of the house. We all know this, you irresponsible shithead. Oh, I'm fanning myself from that interaction. So I heard a sound from behind me, and I went up to the shower, and I pulled back the curtain. And what do mine eyes see? I saw this young twink in the shower, and he was tied up is what he was. He was tied up in bondage gear, and he had a ball gag in his mouth. Oh, I was Furious. I marched down the stairs and I found Stephen and I said, Stephen? And Stephen, he squinted at me and he said, what's the problem, Patty? And I said, Stevie, there is a young man tied up in your shower and I think you should go up there right now and you untie that young man so he can have fun at the party just like everyone else. Why can't he have fun at the party, Stephen? And Stephen squinted at me and then he started laughing and he said, all right, Patty. <laughs> and he went upstairs and he brought the boy down and he walked around. He was, he was nearly naked. He had a leather jock strap on and he ate the can. And oh, he sang a song at the piano. It was a great time. And if I just may say one more time, fuck you, you selfish anti-master piece of shit. Oh my God. Uh, 
Final thoughts regarding side by side by Sondheim. That title is hard to say. I will say that again. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on my final thoughts. I want to attack this information first. So, as a reminder, the winner in 1977 of the Tony Award for Best Musical was Annie, and the additional nominees that season were Happy Ant and I Love My Wife. So we've talked about side by side and I Love My Wife, but we have not talked about Annie or Happy Ant. We will do that on the main feed here at some point in the future. The question is, does Annie deserve to keep its medallion for Best Musical? Yes, of course. I believe we said as much during the I Love My Wife episode, and I'm not changing my tune this time around. And with that said, here are my final thoughts. Look, we need to revive the Tony Award for Best Special Theatrical Event. We have not given that out in a while. It has been put on the shelf. It's a, it's an expired category, but let's make it not expired is what I'm trying to say. Let's revive it. Let's go back in time to 1977 and let us hand said award to Side by Side by Sondheim because come on, folks. Reviews and musicals are not synonymous. They are separate beasts. I don't know why we're, I don't know why we're pinning the label of musical to Side by Side by Sondheim. And what is a review if not a special theatrical event? You're telling me a review is not a special theatrical event? Nonsense. All right. It's time to rank side by side by Sondheim against all of the other musicals we've talked about here on the podcast. You just said they're not synonymous. Reviews are not synonymous with musicals. That's what you said. Hey, 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 hey. I know that. I am I am filled with multitudes, and I'm going to rank it anyway. That's what I'm going to do. If you want to check out our full ranking, do me a favor. Go to twitter.com slash musicalmanpod. Follow us on there. Or even if you don't, there is a link tree that you can access on our Twitter profile. You can access our spreadsheet from there and the second tab of that spreadsheet ah, it has all the it has all the ranking info you'll ever want side by side hello by Sondheim is going to rank at number 56 for the time being. It is sitting between Steel Pier at number 55 and Bright Star at number 57. It's true, it's true, I would not lie to you. I have one and only one piece of show-related ephemera for you this time around. This is from the December 13th, 1991 episode of The Carol Burnett Show. This is a wonderfully silly sketch that features Bernadette Peters, so funny, so fucking grounded and dry, playing herself, so funny. We also have Tony Roberts, oh, an alumni from the Xanadu cast, if you'll recall, and Richard Kind is in the ensemble, the sketch ensemble, as a truck driver, of all things. This is a great sketch. I want to hear part of it now. Hey, guys, I got some bad news for you. On account of our waitress soprano, Gloria is sick, tonight we're not going to be able to present our salute to Sondheim. Oh, Oh, no! No, I changed my whole route so I could see it. No, no, look. Harry and I, we could give you, huh, a condensed version of Shakespeare or a second vegetable. Second vegetable. Oh, excuse me. Um, I have a flat tire. Is there a phone I could use? Bernadette Peters. Yeah. Can I help you? Phone? Of course. Where is it? It's over here, Miss Peters. It's over here. It's over the wall. Oh, great. Oh, see see that Bernadette Peters? Bernadette Peters. She is gorgeous. You see the way she's put together? She ain't that hot, Harry. So you know where this diner is? And you're going to send me a tow truck? Okay. All right, I'll be waiting here. Thanks. 
Sit down over here, Miss Peters. Is there anything I can get you? Want some coffee? Yeah, sure. That'd be nice. Coffee. How about a piece of pie? We got great pie. All right. Pie. Fine. Pie. Excuse me. Can yeah. I just shake the hand of a Tony Award winner and four-time nominee? Oh, wow. But uh, I think I was only nominated three times. Although I practically collaborated on Into the Woods. Oh, yeah, that was great. But you know what it was for? I'm serious, because it was On the Town, Sunday in the Park, um, Song and Dance, which you won. Congratulations. And, um, um, hey, guys, what was the show that Bernadette did between Tartuffe and Sally and Marsha? What, are you kidding? Everybody knows that. Mac and Mabel. I guess you're right. Four times. She's something, ain't she, Rose? I never realized she was so short and squat. Hey, we heard it. We <laughs> What a sound that just came out of me. Hey, hey, hey. I'm also in the process of, this is just a side note, of watching a six-hour Sondheim interview from 1997 that was conducted for the purposes of the music division of the Library of Congress. I am not, I'm not lying to you. It's six hours long. I think I've listened to about 45 minutes. I got a long way to go. It's super technical and basically impenetrable if you don't have much of a reference for composing music, but it makes for stupendous background noise. It's really good. It's, ooh, it's yummy is what it is. Now, to determine which show we discuss next, we will need to take a ride on the musical carousel, otherwise known as the random number generator I named after that classic Rogers and Hammerstein show, Nonsense 13. Oh, Lord, we are going through the change. Everyone ready? Then away we go. All right, the next subject of our main feed will be a 2002 nominee, but ah, not just a nominee, a winner. It was a nominee, and then it achieved winner status. It's the 2002 winner of the Tony Award for Best Musical. It ran for 903 performances on Broadway. Do you know? Do you know what it is? Yes, that's right. You got it right. You got it right, you smart person. It's thoroughly modern Millie. And now I have a very important announcement. We are taking an intermission from the main feed and will return with our Thoroughly Modern Millie episode on Wednesday, October 12th. That's right. Our intermission break will last all the way through October 12th. Look for the On Tracked episode to drop one week earlier on October 5th. That will sort of ground us. That will bring us back to our home on the main feed. And then on October 12th, you will have Thoroughly Modern Millie at your disposal. And if you think we don't have an intermission episode, we have an overture episode, we have an on-track episode on the docket, if you don't think we're going to do an intermission episode, you're crazy. Ah, wise up. That episode, intermission, that drops next week. So you're not going to have to say goodbye to me until then, all right? We will be providing a full breakdown of our ranking during that intermission episode. So if you didn't go to Twitter, if you didn't go to the link tree, if you didn't go to the spreadsheet, ah, you lazy bum. We're going to give you all the information. 
information anyway during the intermission episode. Top to bottom, stem to stern, we will leave no stone unturned. Do me a favor, go to patreon.com slash musicalmanpod to find out how you can support the show financially. Huh? As a reminder, 100% of every monthly payout is donated to the Okra Project. We don't keep any of that money. It all goes to the Okra Project. You can donate one, three, five, or ten dollars a month. One dollar a month patrons get Monday early access to all of our main feed episodes. Ah, as everyone else is waiting until Wednesday, you will be sitting pretty on Monday morning. Ah, is this the end of Rocco? Verbal shoutouts. You get a verbal shoutout each and every week. Thank you so much for donating at least one dollar a month. Greg, Andy, Elizabeth, Aaron, Jason, Jack, Vitor, Sydney, Katie, Elena, Anton, Ross, HJG, Jared, Eli, David, Dave, Christopher, Neil, Brian, Robin, Liz, Carrie, Maddie, Jonathan, Marcus, Rob, Shauna, Shiante, Roberto, Jordan, Ashley, Chris, JC, Jenna, Aaron, Lily, Haley, Brandon, Brad, Matt, Zach, and Marisol. I love you. You also get 17 bonus episodes regarding the 73rd Annual Tony Awards, a trailer review for the film Cats, The Little Mermaid Live, a full review of the film Cats, Emma at Chicago Shakespeare Theater, Take Me to the World, a Sondheim 90th birthday celebration, Hamilton via Disney Plus, Documentary Now, Original Cast Album, Co-op, John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch, Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square, Harlow the Alligator Boy, a review of the trailer for West Side Story, Vivo, the Tony Awards present Broadway's Back, Diana and Annie Live. Alright, I've dropped the accent. I hope you're happy. Okay, we have another bonus episode that is going to drop during our intermission break. Ah, is that is that is that blowing your mind right now? Hey, look, the Patreon feed is not going to sleep. The main feed is going to sleep, but <laughs> the Patreon lives on. We have a bonus episode scheduled for our $1 a month and up patrons that's going to drop on September 21st. What is that episode going to be about? It's going to be about The Notebook, the musical at Chicago Shakespeare Theater. I've had a ticket for a million years. I'm going to go see it, and I'm going to do an episode all about it. September 21st. Look out for it. $1 a month patrons also get season one, 12 episodes of Radio Boy. That is a wonderful series for which I check in with myself via non-musical theater songs that make me feel more like myself. My favorite songs. It's an audio diary of sorts. You also get the first 12 episodes of M3, The Movie Musical Man. That is a series dedicated to trios, trilogies of movie musicals that are tied by a common theme. We will be returning to that series in October of 2022, so we'll return to the main feed at around the same time. We'll be returning to M3, The Movie Musical Man. $3 a month will get you everything I've already described, plus a musical shout-out in the style of a character, actor, or composer of your choosing. They will sing for you. They will say your name is what they will do. You'll also get all 10 episodes of Wild Cats Everywhere, the high school musical podcast, and a special episode all about Julie and the Phantoms. $5 a month gets you everything I've already described, plus you get to stop the musical carousel and determine what show I discuss on the podcast, so long as we have not already discussed it, so long as it was nominated for the Tony Award for Best Musical. Those are the only two provisos. You also get seasons one and two, that's 24 episodes of All I Ask of You. That is a special advice show hosted by the Phantom of the Opera. Ooh, you get the access. You get the access is what you do to our Broadway and Chicago review series. And that series will not, ooh, it will not go to sleep either. No, no, no. We have an episode dropping on July 6th, which is going to be all about My Fair Lady. We have an episode dropping on July 27th, which is all about The Devil Wears Prada.
Prada. And finally, we have an episode dropping on August 3rd, which is all about Jesus Christ, Superstar. And finally, $5 a month patrons get Shout About It, Volumes 1, 2, 3, and 4. Those are compendiums, collections, if you will, of 5, 6, 7, 8 coffee ads and musical shoutouts from the first 100 episodes of the show. Finally, we have our $10 a month tier, which nets you everything I've already described. Plus, you get exclusive announcements regarding future subjects of the main feed. We have one dropping very, very soon. Oh, they're going to know. They're going to know all about what's going to be going on when we come back from intermission. They're going to know, and you're not going to know. Isn't that going to drive you crazy? You should be a $10 a month patron. And you get season one. That's 12 episodes of The Snub Club, which is all about Broadway musicals that were snubbed. They were not nominated for the Tony Award for Best Musical. And you get Turn It Off, a series dedicated to off-Broadway musicals. We have two more episodes in that series. Ah, we have one dropping on June 15th next week, which is all about assassins. And here lies love. And then finally, the series finale of Turn It Off is dropping on June 22nd. And that will be all about Little Shop of Horrors and nonsense. Yeah, it's true. If you're listening to the show via Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, please take a moment to write a five-star review on one or both platforms. Both is preferable. We want 65-star reviews, uh, and we want them by the time Zombies 3 debuts on Disney Plus on July 15th. We have 55 five-star reviews. We want 60. We're so close. All we need are five more five-star reviews. Help us get to the point where we have 60, and then I will release that Zombies episode I've been talking about for 10 hundred years. That's right. I'll say it again. Ten hundred years. If you're streaming the show, you might be doing that through Spotify, Stitcher, Audible, or Podbean, musicalmanpod.podbean.com. Follow us on Twitter at musicalmanpod and email me at musicalmanpod at gmail.com. Thanks as always to Patty and Benny. Patty, Benny, we have gotten to this point and we have so much more work to do, but I would not, I would not be here today if it were not for your support and of course the support of my amazing husband, Chris. Thank you to Alex Green for our beautiful logo, and thank you to Zach Little for our fabulous intro and outro music. Ah! 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 You know what that sound means. Yes, just when the fun is starting comes the time for parting. Oh well. We'll catch up some other time, specifically in October, on the next episode of The Musical Man. So long, farewell, take care of yourself, off Vidishen, and good night. Stay safe! <laughs>